morning and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Today we thought, you know, it is after all the first of the month of a new year. So we decided to talk about how do we create healthy habits? Because a lot of times people think it's about working out or eating right or those kind of things. But, you know, one of the things that I think we have found out in our time of becoming more healthy is that it's about the mind, body, and the spirit, so to speak. It's about the whole entire person. And I think sometimes people get where they're maybe doing the exercise really good and they may think, oh, you know, I'm not still getting the results, but they may not be doing the eating or they'll do the eating and not the working out or they'll do the eating and the working out, but they still find something's missing. And I think sometimes that piece that's missing is we forget in that overall health, we also have the mental health piece of it. How are we taking care of ourselves on that level as well? Yeah, I feel like that a lot of people don't realize that it's it's just as much a mental thing. And it really all comes down to, I feel like it comes down to balance between all of those things. If you don't have that, there there's always something lacking on in one area, then it's hard to get all those other things aligned the way that they should be until you find that right balance. And I think so, because you know, I'll have clients who come in who, when you look at them and when they're talking about their, they'll have the body health, they might be really physically fit, you know, they might be all of those things, but their mental health isn't right. So they know there's a, there's a piece missing of it. We're going to do like different pieces to this, but one of the things I want to start with is that mental health piece of it. With sometimes the hardest piece of being mentally healthy is how, you know, when we set up boundaries and how we start to do that, because we have to set up boundaries because sometimes we don't have time for the eating or we don't have time for the workouts because we're not setting boundaries. So once again, we forget to put ourselves on that front burner. So it's about doing other things. It's about taking care of other people. It's, it's all of these things. And so we feel like because we're doing for others or whatever, that we're healthy in a way, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Because it's giving. So we think about giving back or, or taking care of others as being a healthy act. And it is. Yeah. How- yeah. Which is healthy for the mind. But yeah, it's just one piece. But not at the expense of who you are. Right. And you know, this is something I've really been working on with one of my clients. And this week in, in therapy went with her realizing that setting those boundaries. I liked what she said, because, you know, when she talked with her, she was, I need you to support me in this because she says, I need you to understand that I'm going to have some grief and loss because she identified that she would have grief and loss over. And she thought just the relationships or whatever, but it's also grief and loss over that person that she was, whether it was a real version of her or not. So for her, setting up these boundaries, whether it's with family or friends or whoever it was, she realized was is part of the reason that in order to have that overall health, because, you know, it, it took a while to get her to understand that she needed to take care of herself. And oftentimes, and particularly mothers, will struggle with that because they put their kids first or they, or all of these other things, their husband and their home and stuff like that. And that's not to say that men don't. I'm talking about the female because this I'm, talk, I'm re- making reference to this particular client. And she did that. She put other people's needs first. She is very caring. She is very giving. But it, sometimes when you're caring and you're giving like that, people then start to take advantage of that. And then when you realize that, 
that messes with you too. So once again, she started doing things for herself, massages or getting her gym membership, all of those things. But the part that was still lacking was she still wasn't making time to do it. It doesn't matter how much membership you have to a club or whatever, if you can't find the time to use it. And that's what I find oftentimes with people is they'll have the membership and then I'll say, did you go work out? Oh man, no, I didn't have time. I, we are not making time for ourselves. You have to prioritize yourself. And with that, like she said about going through a process of letting go of that person that she was, it's just growing pains. You know, people, when we do these kind of things and we have to learn to put ourselves first and, and just show that self-care, sometimes it does feel selfish, but it's, it's really not. And I think that's where you're talking about the boundaries coming in. Absolutely. Because you have to set the boundary. The boundary is about you. Oftentimes when people are setting boundaries, people tell them they'll get angry or they'll just tell them, say, I don't like those. I don't like boundaries. I don't like you doing that. And that's when you know you have to. And it's actually kind of refreshing when somebody will just out and out tell you that they don't like boundaries <laughs> because yeah. there are others who won't voice that, but they definitely display it in their action. Yeah. And then so you, the person starts feeling bad. And then once again, they're not being mentally healthy. So they're not having that overall wellness that we talk about. And that overall wellness is so important. So we have to stop thinking that if I take care of the physical piece, then that's all it is, or the eating piece or the mental health piece. It's a combination. We are a combination of all three of these things. There's also our spiritual piece because that plays a role in it as well where we are with how we believe and, and how that helps us to meet those goals and expectations. So, you know, when we look at that, it's how do we do that in a healthy way? How do we let people know, you know, I really need to take care of myself right now. And how do we go to those people, which I really liked when she went to her husband and said, I'm doing this because I'm trying to make my family a priority. You, our son, a priority. Kind of be with me, bear with me and stuff like that. And it was so refreshing today because she realized in this journey that she's on that she's enjoying her time with her husband. She didn't real we don't realize how much we give up of other parts of our life when we're not taking care of ourselves. And I tell people, when you start something new, it's hardest at the first, whether it's teaching kids boundaries, you know, or following rules or whatever, or setting up boundaries with family and friends saying, you know, no, I can't do this. This is not about you. It's about me to get that support from the people that are important to you, to go to them, you know, and say, hey, I need to, I'm going to be doing this. I might be moody or I might be this. It's not about you. Please be supportive. And that's kind of been with her. And I think that is the other thing that we have to understand is sometimes we have to use the resources that we have. If you don't know how to work out, YouTube it. Ask a friend who does. If you don't know how to eat certain things or you have a friend that eats more healthy, Talk to them. Those things are really important. Right. Those people that you admire or you see do living that life or aspects of that life that you, you want, go to them because they've already been through it. Identifying and recognizing that, yeah, those people, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. They can help you out with those kind of things. And I think that is really beneficial in your personal growth. And hopefully they are supportive of you in that aspect. I know that there are times where that people, you know, feel like they're not getting the support that they need. Well, and I think even like with you, when you started with 
your working out and stuff, you really didn't have much of an idea. No, and I, I just started watching videos and things like that and just trying to see what worked for me. And I appreciate that. Not that she'll ask me. I'll just give my two cents here and there. <laughs> That's not true. But if I see certain things and I say, well, you know, hun, I think maybe if you add this cardio or that, you really listen to it. Yes. You don't become, well, it's my thing. I'm doing it my way. You, know, you don't do that. No, you've been very supportive. And I, are, I already know that even from your youth and that, that you were more athletic than I ever was growing up. I was not athletic at all. I didn't play any sports. I I would go and watch the youth group play softball, but I did not play because I just did not feel athletic in that way. So I, and part of it was, there was the religious aspect that I grew up with. So I wasn't even, I didn't even have gym in high school. I was excused from that because of our religion. So that even took out that piece of it. So yeah, when I can get advice from you about different things like that or, or you see areas where I'm struggling or that and you can offer suggestions and that I really appreciate that and I think the thing is is that sometimes what happens is once again people will take that defensive and say oh well, you don't think I'm and it's not about that and I and we don't do that with each other right and I'll go to Christy and I'll sometimes I'll say honey you got to motivate me because you know I'm learning because with my job it takes a lot of my mental capacity <laughs> And so I focus, it's very important to me. The people I work with are very important to me. So I give time to that. I'm not with my client for just the time that they are allotted and all that. And then I don't think about them anymore. I'll look, I'll think about resources for them. I'll, you know, so my thought process can stay in that place for a while. But I've had to learn even with that to set boundaries. And you've done a great job of that with me. Because if it's the weekend and my phone's ringing or this or that, if it's not an emergency, you kind of say, no. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I have, I'll do a little more screening because I feel like that you need to take that time for yourself to be able to reset because you have that week ahead of you where that you're going to be doing a lot of help with problem solving and all of that. So you have to have that focus. And I feel like in order for you to have that, you really need to take some time for yourself on the weekends and not go there mentally. And I think that was helpful for me because sometimes I don't think that we realize we have to set a boundary because we get so caught up in our own kind of process that sometimes it takes that person outside. And I mean, as a therapist, that's what I do. I'm that person who's outside the situation who helps people sit there and say, this is where I see something might be lacking or whatever, whatever that might be. So I'm that person. And so with me, I have to trust in when Christy says something like that, I have to trust that it's for the betterment of me and that it's not, you don't ever say, I don't feel like you take time for me because I feel like I do that, but sometimes I don't take time for me. So I think that once again, it's how do you balance that? And one of the other things I really did when I start a few years back is I really started looking at a more holistic approach to mental health. You know, I've had trainings on what are we eating? How is that really impacting our mood? What are those things? You know, I look at nutrition and health and all of the things that make up a person, which I think has been very beneficial for my practice as well. Definitely, because you've given more focus to the mind-body connection, and it seems like it really, well, it makes sense, I think, that 
it benefits people to really look at that and have an understanding of everything that we do, how it feeds into us as a whole, being mentally on point and not just with the physical, but having that part of it too, with when everything is working in balance, how much better you feel overall. Absolutely. And I think that's what it is, is, you know, how do we get all of these things to work together? Once again, each individual has to look at, okay, if I'm doing the workout piece right, but am I doing the eating right? You know, when I tell people, when we look at working out and being healthy and stuff, people don't realize the working out piece is the smaller piece in comparison to what we eat. Because I always tell people, you have to view food as fuel for your body. It is fuel for your body. And so it depends. Do you, you know, I tell people, are you going to go get the watered down gas for your Lamborghini? Or are you going to put the high end gas in for it? It's going to run sluggish if you do. And that's how we are looking at how do we do that. And in our household, I do the food piece, which if y'all ever listen, you know that because remember, Christy's boundary is she doesn't cook because mm -mm. that takes her to a bad mental place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that throws everything out of balance. <laughs> so for me, it, it's important to really look at what are we ingesting? We were talking about this the other day from where we started in this journey to where we are now. We've changed our eating habits about 80%. Absolutely. And I really feel like that that is a really good place to start for people a lot of times is even, you know, just looking at what you're eating and that because it makes such a difference in how you feel, which leads into how motivated you feel and all of those things. You have more energy in that. It is, it's really, when you start looking at what you're putting in your body, and how much better you function when you put the right stuff in. I think that's interesting because oftentimes we don't realize if we eat certain foods, it drops our energy level. And so therefore it's like you kind of feel sluggish. If you feel sluggish, you don't want to do anything. And on top of that, I feel like that you feel almost, you know, your mind feels even foggy. You don't have the mental clarity that you would if you were putting the right stuff in. When you have that thing of you have the desire, it's like, oh man, I really want to work out. Well, I really want to take time to meal prep or, you know, whatever that is, but you're tired. Then we know it's the mental piece. And that's how we identify things. Do I have the energy? Do I have the desire? Do I have the follow through? Do I have the commitment? All of those things, because they all go together. And I always say early on in my life, I was so dedicated to working out and stuff. Now it's a little more of a struggle for me that the cooking and eating part isn't. Giving up sugars, those that's not for me. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But the working out piece, because once again, I get tired with my job and stuff like that. So getting up in the morning, I don't start my day with the client without at least having a mile of walking in. I think that's been really beneficial for us. And it was a, a healthy habit that we created in getting up earlier and making that time to just even start walking, just getting the steps in early on. It kind of sets the stage for the day. You are not a morning person. No. And I shouldn't say that because you are now. I am much better with it now. But before, oh, Lordy, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That was another one of those things that did not start my day off mentally well. <laughs> and I still like to sleep in, but on... But I was grateful because I needed, for me, I would tell her, well, you know, she would work out in the afternoon. Well, in the afternoon, I'm working. So by the time I get off at 7 o'clock at night because my schedule is nine to seven. I don't want to work out. I am mentally drained. 
And I'm just like, oh, God, no. So I told her, I said, you know, if you switch the schedule, I will be able to do that with you. And so you did. Mm-hmm. And it took you a hot minute. But now it's like clockwork. Yeah. Now I get up and, yeah, I start moving right away. And I feel better throughout the day. Yeah. And so it's using the, not using, don't you call it using, you use whatever word you want to use for it. But it's getting support from somebody, no matter who it is, whether it's your spouse or your kids or your best friends. You know, I have clients who walk with their friends and do stuff with their friends. It doesn't matter who it is. Our friends who walk with their dogs, you know, it doesn't matter. But it's finding, because when you have that added support, there's, you know, that's why people get trainers, because they feel like they have to be more accountable or all of those other things. That's what it is. We almost feel like there's an accountability. I know I do, because now I feel like, oh, crap, she's up, so I better get up and (laughs) (laughs) do something. You know, once again, that has become our thing where we do get up. We take that time to move around. And, you know, like I said, we get that at least that mile in before. It's usually more than that, but a minimum of a mile before I have my first client. But we also implemented breakfast, which, you know, when I was going into the office, I'd have a cup of coffee, sometimes at home, sometimes at the office, just depended. And then I would start my day and I don't take a lunch hour. So I would just work through the day in between clients. I would grab something. And then by the time I got home, have something real quick, you know, and so my main meal was 730 at night. Yeah, I really feel like that eating a good breakfast in the morning has really changed our habits throughout the day. Even it feels good. But these are things that they're an evolution. You know, they're things that you have to pay attention to your, and that's what I'm, we're saying about, you know, creating these healthy habits is really paying attention to your body. Well, and how much time it takes. You have to understand that not all of these healthy habits were created in a week or, you know, it just happens over time. And there's just, if you can find one thing to start with, it's, it is baby steps that you take, but really understanding that it's all practice. It's like you say, I mean, I think a lot of times people see things in as if there's always a beginning to an end. But just like we have to sleep our whole lives, we have to have food for our whole lives, all of it is just practice and it's routine and things like that that help us to get to a healthier place. And I feel like just starting even with one thing, it starts to filter out and lead into other things you start making other changes as you go along because you see what what's working and you start to feel better and i think that's kind of the biggest thing is that we have to realize that this is a lifelong journey and it's an evolutionary journey and things are going to change you're going to morph based on what your needs are some things are going to work for you you know that's why when people plateau at certain things that means it's time for you to change up Mm -hmm. it's time to do something different it's time to shake things up a little bit, but that's okay. It's paying attention. Once again, having more of an awareness to what's going on in your body and your mind in order for you to make those modifications or changes that you have to. And I think the other thing is, is, and I don't know about for you, but oftentimes when people talk about being healthy, I think they get bombarded with, oh my God, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And I've got to have this much of a workout and I've got to do this. And I'm not going to see any real... Do you know what I mean? And the kind of that overwhelming feeling with creating that. Yeah. And then when you get completely overwhelmed, you feel like you're 
inept to handle it. And, and a lot of people give up at that point. That's why I think that if you can even just start in baby steps and, and focus on one thing, whether it be increasing your water or just trying to increase your steps throughout the day or just instead of snacking on chips or something, maybe you change your snack up to some veggies or whatever it is, but not that all those changes have to happen even in one week that you have to get all those things right. Just starting somewhere and sticking with that for a little bit until it becomes habit because it doesn't become habit right away. I used to get really frustrated sometimes when I didn't get in my core work or I didn't get in my stretch yoga or my steps or my this or my that. And then I had to remember anything I did was still forward progress, doing nothing. So no matter how minute it was, Tuesdays is for whatever reason, it's well, it's the start of my work week, but it also is for one, whatever reason, it's just a really rougher day for whatever that is. And I would find that if I did not get my stuff done on that Tuesday, it set that stage for me mentally. And I was just like, oh God. And then it was harder for me. And then what I realized is, if I could make my goal to just get that mile in before I started, that that still meant I was making forward progress. So it's this mental image that I gave. And so now we usually do 10,000 steps a day. And I'm always happy when I hit that mark. But I don't beat myself up if I don't. I'm just there like, oh my goodness. Oh my God, I got 3,000 a day. I, that's 3,000 more than I would have had I just sat around and did nothing. So, but it's, I have a conscious awareness to it. And what's really important, I feel like with that is that self-talk because beating yourself up over not getting them that day does not help you in the least. It just makes you feel overwhelmed. And that's when I feel like a lot of people give up. And if you just realize that it was that moment and you go on from there, guess what? You get to continue on with this and make it your practice. Well, and I think the other thing is, too, with you and I, we're not competitive with each other. No. It's not a competition. Whatever your success is, I am truly, truly happy for it. And I know that you're truly happy for my success. Competition can be good in, if it motivates you. But it is not good if you beat yourself up when you feel like you're losing in that competition. Because I've had that, too, where whether it's couples or siblings, whatever it is, the competition will be a driving force for them, but then it switches somewhere. And then it's like, well, if I'm not going to win, I'm just not going to do anything. Or I'm just not good enough. Or whatever that verbiage is that's used then has an adverse effect on what you're really trying to make happen. So I think that's really the talk that we give ourselves is really, really important. It's relevant in, is it doing something to motivate us? Or is it taking us out of our groove, so to speak? And that's really, really easy to do. And it's really important for people to understand that and pay attention. And that's what I mean. The biggest thing I think we do in, in that thing of creating healthy habits is to really be aware, to pay attention to your body because our bodies will give us the messages that we need. You and I take vacation about every three to four months. And that's, you know, I, like I said, I tell my clients, oh, no, new clients every... And, you know, my clients have been asking me in the last, for the last four months, are you going to take time off? Are you going to take time off? Are you and, you know, so I told Chrissy, we need to take time off because that's my body listening. One of the things is, is it doesn't matter how good I do on my workouts or my eating if my mental peace is not 
matching up with it. And, you know, I, and this has been a really hard two years for a lot of people. Has it been two years? Yeah, two years for a lot of people. And I know even for some of my friends who are therapists, you know, I, you know, we're all feeling that, that strain of these two years because we've had an influx of people coming in and needing services and wanting to be able to provide those services. But, you know, you can feel that a mental strain on people. And I think we have to find that. Our friend Kathy, hers is scheme. I think that is so great. And I love that, that mental piece for her. It's not just the, so she gets her physical and mental at the same time in that hers is skiing. She skis every week. She loves when ski season. She's like a little kid when snow falls <laughs> and the start of ski season happens. And so knowing that, that's her thing. When spring and that comes, ours was really hiking, getting out there, hiking and doing stuff like that. Also, you know, how create that mental peace. So whatever that is, but being able to identify when your cup is running low and understanding that when your cup runs low is when you have to set a boundary, take a vacation, do whatever it is that you have to do to slow everything down, to do a reset with it. Mm -hmm. It's really important. And when you can find something that's, you're physically active with it, that's, and you know, a double benefit, but it really is about getting that mental health where it should be in order for you to be successful in making any of these changes. Well, and I think when you, you know, I even say, you know, like when we vacation, depending on where we go and who we go with, you know, I found that even when we went to Yellowstone and Lake Havasu with uh, Kathy, because Kathy likes more of the outdoor stuff, which is great because it kind of motivates us, I think, too. Yeah. But going out and doing all the hiking and stuff, but then going back and just relaxing and having a good time and it's not about always being on the go. It's about finding balance even when one vacations. How do you find the balance in that? How do you still keep all those activities and then at the same time have that downtime where you're really able to refocus? And I think that downtime, some, you know, through meditation and stuff, because meditation is another big thing. And, you know, people sit there, and, you know, there are some who sit there and say, oh, God, what meditation? What is the thing is, is, you know, research has showed that meditation has been around for a long time. That ability to quiet one's mind is so important. What a huge benefit that is to you when you're, you know, because you need to take that time to quiet your mind in that way. And I feel like that meditation provides you a way to do it with only a few minutes of time. I mean, some of the ones that we've done have been only 18 minutes long or something like that, or 15 minutes long. I think we have one that's 10. Eight. Just taking that few minutes when you can't go on a whole week vacation at least you can take a 10 minute vacation for your mind and and kind of regroup and it just it calms you in a different way it gives you a different mindset when you are doing everything else and i think that's what it is you said that about time again and i think that's the other thing when we talk with people they'll sit there and say oh man that takes too much time you know i can't work out for 40 minutes or an hour and they're like great work out for five do 30 seconds anything because we start to think of time as a constraint and and time is not our enemy we are the enemy when it comes to time in that we morph time into something different we make it like oh i don't have enough time for this or i don't have enough time for that no that's called time management (laughs) right well you have for some reason you have this mindset that oh you need like a half hour or an hour or whatever to work out and sometimes if you don't have that realizing that you know there's a lot of workout 
routines that you can look up that's a full body workout in like five 15 mi minutes or There's whatever. One with five minutes. And... Right. So, I mean, even starting there, if that's all you have, it's all the perception. Because if you perceive that you don't have enough time, you'll stay stuck in that rut. So look for a solution by looking at maybe a smaller increment, you know, and maybe things change with your schedule and eventually you can spend more time doing that. And I think sometimes even with that, it's saying to, if people are calling you or doing whatever, saying, you know what, I can call you back in 10 minutes. And then allot that time for yourself. Once again, it doesn't have to be a lot, but what we, we tend to think, oh my God, the phone ring, I got to take that or, or I got to go do this or I got to do that or I've got to make dinner right now. No, dinner can wait five minutes. Mm -hmm. It's our time management. It's what we're prioritizing that creates that. And there again, that comes back to setting some of those boundaries. You know, like for the client I was talking about, telling her friend, I would love to talk to you, but and I will talk to you, but not if it interferes with my family time, because that's what I'm working on right now, is my family time. And setting that boundary and realizing that it's okay to manage your time in a different way and to manage it with people in a different way as well and to have a voice about it and i love that about christy because she'll know if i'm you know i haven't got my stuff in i'll tell her hey can you take care of this real quick and i can run up and do something really fast and she never sits there and says no <laughs> hmm. yeah it's like it's you know a matter of you know if there's something that i can do that gives you a few minutes to get some steps or whatever it is that you want to do in that time, I'm happy that I can do that. Well, and exactly. And sometimes, though, we have to ask. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we just assume the person needs to know those things. No, people ask. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for time. It's okay to say, I need this. It's okay to do that. But we've been taught that it's not in some weird way and so oftentimes people will not set that down well and especially if you're just changing a habit because the fact of the matter is if those other people that are around just are you know they're not even expecting that you're gonna change something up and you're it's maybe it's something you just automatically go and do normally some chore at the house or that but if that person doesn't know that you're trying to make the change, they don't realize that they could step in and do that while you have that few minutes to run and do whatever it is that you want to get done in that time. And I think that that's why it's important, like you say, to ask or that because people just get into a habit of what they do so that other person isn't even aware that, oh yeah, she's trying to make this change. I can do that for you. And I think the other thing is too is sometimes we forget or or people will be judgy or whatever that is when people are making changes my my other client is vegan and she's really working on being vegan because she feels like that's in, important to her but you know when you have family who sits there and say well why are you doing that you're not going to get your nutritional whatever that is and if you don't understand it ask the questions become educated on it but support people when their goal really is to be more healthy because when people are more healthy guess what we get to keep them longer we get to experience them longer, you know, and we get to be a part of that journey instead of opposition to the journey. Because when you become oppositional to the journey, it either sabotages the person or they set that boundary where they can't have you involved and then everybody loses out. So, you know, that's the other thing. If you don't understand why somebody's becoming vegetarian or vegan or doing paleo or keto, you know, I mean, there's 900 things out there, Mediterranean. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. 
whatever that person is doing, if they feel it's working for them and it's taking them to the level that they need to be at and it's healthy, then we just support it. Mm -hmm. One size does not fit all. No. Especially when it comes to nutrition and health. Yeah, because there's different things that people have different dietary needs, so they have to find what works for them. You know, one of our friends had the gastric sleeve done and was coming over and I thought, oh crap, I don't know, can you do this? So I texted her right away because we were providing, I'm saying like, you know, are you, can you eat this yet or whatever? And he was saying, and she heard that. I was like, oh, thank you. Because it's about having that courtesy for other people and, and doing our part in it to encourage those changes. If somebody is setting a boundary and they're saying it's for my mental health or it's for my physical health, that those people love and care for us enough or respect us enough to say, oh, okay, it's not about me. This is about you. And yes, I'll be supportive of that. I think there's just so many pieces. I mean, I think we're fortunate in that for you and I, we decided to be on this journey together, you know, but it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes one does it and one doesn't with my clients, one, you know, the, with my clients, my friends, if one's vegan in the family and the others aren't, they're supportive of that. They might try it for a minute and then it's like, oh, no, that's not for me here. You have your vegan food and I'll have my, you know, I'm the carnivore. I'll eat my meat <laughs> or whatever that is and being okay with that. Yeah. You know, but where does that support come in and why is that support really important? Because the support is as important as it is the people who are negative in it. We need the support and that negativity can sabotage it. If we don't have support, that can sabotage it having that support and then people accepting boundaries and stuff like that only in, gives us enhances what we're doing, but it also enhances the possibility of us being more successful. Mm -hmm. And you're always going to come across naysayers and things like that. And that so, but it's, I think that that's why it's important to understand it. It can be small changes that make huge differences over time. And so just remaining consistent, having that consistency you'll find really benefits you more than anything, even if it's small. Well, and I think it's interesting because, you know, we look at regional places too, because your family, your mom's family's from the South. Well, your dad's from the South too. But their idea of foods and stuff, because sometimes your mom still gives us a hard time about the way we eat because it's, it's so foreign to her, you know, being from the South, just eat a little bit different. <laughs> She's always saying that I'm just eating twigs and seeds and things from the yard. And... <laughs> But they're used to, you know, the southern fried foods and things like that. So. Well, your cousin, when he came and was staying, I was making a salad for us for lunch. And he goes in his little southern accent <laughs> about, ah, what are you eating? That looks like something out of your yard or whatever he was saying, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I just kind of looked at him. I said, honey, do you want a salad or do you not? <laughs> I said, because I just need to know if I'm going to make another one or not. Well, okay. He loved it. Yeah. He absolutely loved it. And while he was here, he lost so much weight because he stopped soda. He changed some of his eating habits. Because, you know, if you're living at my house and I'm cooking, you you kind of eat in what I'm making mm -hmm. uh, is kind of the mentality I have. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And he made those little changes over time. He started, you know, drinking a lot more water and, yeah, just getting rid of the soda and that. And, and it did. It helped him so much. He did. He dropped a lot of weight at that time. Yeah. And I think it's people have this mentality because I think sometimes people do think, well, it is just weeds. Why are you doing that? And not understanding it can taste really, really good. 
but it's also got nutritional value to it. And so, but, you know, like I said, it, so I always, it's always a fun time with your family just because we like to, and you know, it's, it's done in good humor. It is. Yeah. But it's just understanding that. And once again, you know, I always tell people, you know, even when I do therapy, start with one thing. Mm-hmm. One of my clients loves soda. I said, instead of drinking three, drink two a day, drink one a day. Then she went and bought those little teeny tiny ones. And then it was like, oh, I'll just go to tiny ones. And then pretty soon she found that she just gave herself permission to have that tiny one. And then it would just sit there because it wasn't really about drinking. I think sometimes we get into this thing of, oh, my God, I've got to give up stuff. And as soon as people are told they have to give up some, they dig in their heels and all this. And I tell people, it's not that you're giving up, you're exchanging. Exactly. There's different healthier ways to do things where you do not feel deprived. Because as soon as we tell some, that's a very good way of putting it. As soon as somebody is told they, they, they should give up something, they start feeling deprived. And who wants to feel deprived? Nobody. And so it's that thing. I know for you, you and your chocolate addiction. <laughs> yeah, even that has been a gradual thing for me. And when they say, you know, there's, I was all about milk chocolate. And I still absolutely love it, but it's a trigger for me. I know that. And if I have one, I'll crave more. So I really try to steer clear of that even more so than just sweets in general. But I found that a way for me to do that, to get healthier in that choice, was to switch to dark chocolate. And there are different degrees of dark chocolate. And they tell you the ones that have a higher cocoa are better for you. So I started with one that wasn't a high in cocoa. It wasn't a very... Like 35%. <laughs> yeah, it was just... But it was okay to me. It wasn't my milk chocolate, but it was sweet and I could handle that. Now I've gotten to where that I could just have two or three pieces that are a higher cocoa content. So it's even a healthier choice. But that took... I don't know, maybe a year, two years (laughs) to get to that place to where that I, you know, did not just absolutely just want the milk chocolate. I had to do it gradual. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like now absolutely not. I am in a much better place with that. Like I say, I try to avoid the milk chocolate altogether. (laughs) Well, and I think the thing is, too, and we were talking about this yesterday, the day before, for you, the fruits you just did not like fruit because to you it wasn't sweet because you really had all the milk chocolates and you really grew up with the kind of more sugary based uh... i grew up in my household i had chocolate cake for breakfast you know that was or chocolate pop tarts or i was the chocolate queen (laughs) so i mean yeah it was a complete it's a complete different thing for me and that's taken you a while because now you'll eat apples, your favorite though is mangoes. Yes. Uh, yes. You I... learn to really appreciate those when we went to Mexico. <laughs> that's what people I think don't understand a lot of times too, is that your palate will change over time as you make those little changes. And I was another person I, that had three sodas a day or more. And now I don't drink soda unless it's an occasional ginger ale or something. But I don't do that anymore. You don't even drink a whole one because we share it. Yeah, it's a complete different mindset. And I think that's the thing is realizing those things are, they are a mindset change. They are a, 
palate change. It That's is. the big thing is palate change. It's <laughs> a gradual thing because like I say, yeah, I, did, I ate sweets all the time when I was younger. So I didn't, fruit was never sweet enough for me. So now over time I have, as I got away from eating so much of the sweets and slowly introducing the fruit back in, I did so much better, but it has taken a lot of time. I'm still not a huge fan of fruit, but I make a point, I try to make a point of eating some at least, I don't know about every day, but you know, every other, four days a like week, that. we eat fruit. Yeah. I'd eat fruit more often because for me, my family was about fruit. It wasn't about candy and stuff. You know, candy really was a treat for us and things like that. So it was a little bit different. And yeah. And the way I started that was at least starting with the fruits that I felt that I liked at least to start with, like watermelon. I mean, I can, you know, eat that one because I felt like it was sweet enough. So I just increased how much of it I ate. So, you know, it wasn't like I just went to eating something completely that I do not like, like, you know, bananas. So I don't want to introduce those. Well, and, I, and once again, I'm very grateful for our trips to Mexico because it was actually when we were walking on the beach, you know, the vendor with the mango, mango on a stick and they're like, okay, you ate it and you loved it. Yeah. And mangoes, I had never even tried one growing up. So I, and I love them. So I'll, I don't have any problem with that. So like I say, starting with fruits that you even liked to begin with is a way to like, cause now I'll eat apples and that wasn't something I did. We eat you know. grapes, things like that. But that's the whole thing is once again, it's hopefully walking away today is it's baby steps an awareness, paying attention to yourself, really looking at what is it that's going to help you to be healthy, finding that support that you need to do it, those people that are going to really encourage you. And if there are those that don't, then setting a boundary with them, setting boundaries around taking care of yourself because you're important. Well, I think the whole thing about creating healthy habits, you have to realize what a mental piece there is to start with in order to make that happen and realizing you know i feel like that even growing up we focused a lot around food there was potlucks everywhere and all this kind of thing and people didn't eat healthy and that so and but it was seen as a time of celebration and stuff like that so realizing that making those changes and realizing you're not going to deprive yourself you're going to exchange it out for something healthier that's okay and you can still celebrate food and all of those and things i think this is what's interesting is also understanding that a lifestyle change does not mean because when we vacation we'll eat more or different foods that we normally wouldn't eat yeah, like but we sweet rice whatever <laughs> yeah so it doesn't so the thing is is that understanding that you can still do those things, but it's always about moderation. Yes. It's always about understanding. We know that if we go on vacation and we have this, we know that that's where it stops. And then we do right back. We don't stop everything. We still might do the steps or we may do the water. We may do it. So there's still something in that healthy piece that's happening. So I think that's the important thing to realize that healthy piece is still happening. So once again, little changes and when we're talking about this it's not about losing weight it's not it's it's not about that's not it it's about overall healthiness it's about looking and feeling good for you 
This isn't about somebody else. It's not about, oh, you got to look good for, you know, no, this is truly a personal journey that one is on. And when it's a personal journey, you are going to do better when you realize it is your personal journey. But when we start doing it based on other people, that's when we don't have that same ability to sustain what we start. Make yourself a priority. That's what it's really about. And, you know, for it's you're right. It's not about losing weight. For some people, they have they need they're in a place that they need to gain weight or those kinds of things. But this is about setting those healthy habits. And how do you do that? And how do you implement it? And I think make 2022 your year. Make a conscious thing that this becomes your year to be healthy, whatever that is. Because remember, your health journey is yours. There, in, It's individualized. But listen to your body. Listen to your mind. Listen to what it is that you need or you think you need. And then from there, talk to the people that are maybe on that journey and are having some success and and see, you know, see if they'll invite you on their journey or you invite them on yours and you guys encourage each other and help each other out. That's what we're talking about. Make 2022 the year of you, the year of you being healthy, of making those changes, even if it's just a tiny one. And when you do that tiny one and you feel successful, then comes the next one and the next one. And that's and that, what it's really about. Right. And that's what I, I feel like you have to do to create those healthy habits to to be successful in multiple areas. It's not just about focusing on one thing or another, but realizing that just taking that baby step and maybe doing it in one part of your life, realizing that as it becomes practice and habit, then it filters out into other parts of your life. Yeah, so creating those healthy habits is about taking one step forward and starting with that. So we hope you enjoyed the episode today. Going to see, keeping fingers crossed, that we can get our friend Kathy Grunland to talk on our next podcast about being vegan and how that is a healthy choice for her and for anybody who's wanting to be vegan. What are some steps you can do to make that happen? So fingers crossed, everybody, that she says yes, and uh, we can make that happen for next week. If not, I guess it'll be something else, but still along those lines of how do we make 2022 our year, okay? So once again, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys all have an amazing week, and you know, always remember about practicing kindness to others and to yourself, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.